thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the Word takes our life and sets it on course. And that's what we're believing for today, that you have greater clarity and understanding and knowledge about what God has for your life through this broadcast. Amen. Amen. Become a student as you sit and watch the teaching today because uh, what you get in you is what's going to make the difference. And what you live is what's going to make the difference. And so we got to get it in us so that we can live it. Amen. And so we invite you to get your Bible, get a notepad and pen or pencil and follow along with us because we're believing God that he's going to say things to you that maybe didn't even come out of my mouth. Thank God for what he will have me to say. But also we're not limited to just me because you have the Holy Ghost who's your teacher and he will certainly bring specific help to your life. Amen. We've been teaching on the mind and we're so glad to be able to address this subject because the more we think like God, the sweeter life will be. The more we think like God, the more we will receive of the flow that he has already made ours. It's when we don't think like him that things are hindered. Not from God, but wrong thinking hinders God. Wrong thinking hinders the power of God. And we know this, that um, uh, when we think right, we have a closed door to the enemy. And when we think right, we have an open door to God. If we think wrong, then the enemy can gain access. And we want to remember What Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, verse 27, he said, neither give place to the devil. So wrong thinking gives him a place. Now notice this. It doesn't say anything about the devil taking a place. It says about us giving him a place, meaning he can't take a place in us if we don't give it to him. And you say, Pastor Nancy, I can look back and see where I've given him place. Well, if you gave him a place, you can take back the place you gave him. Amen. (laughs) Right thinking is what keeps the door closed to the enemy opens it to God, but wrong thinking will give place to the enemy. And so that's why I'm so thankful that God is talking to us about the mind, right thoughts, renewing the mind with the word of God. Um, You know, no matter what you need to receive from God to cooperate with God, you have to think right. Amen. People say, well, it's all about faith. Yes, but we believe in line with how we think. If we think wrong, we believe wrong. Um, Our thinking directs what we believe. Mm -hmm. Our believing directs what we say Mm -hmm. and directs what we do. 
So since all of these things are directed by our thinking, we want to make sure that our thinking is directed by the word. Amen. 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 So uh, those of us who, those of you who may be watching and you need healing, uh, your help is in right thinking. Because people think, well, it's all, you know, up to God. Well, his power will work, but it can only work where there's an open door to his power. And it's right thinking that keeps the door open to the power of God. Whether we recognize it or not, worry, which is wrong thinking, closes the door to the power of God. Fearful thoughts close the door to the power of God. Doubt closes the door to the power of God. Why? Because none of those are his flow. Amen. Amen. The word tells us my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what it says in Hosea 4, 6. My people, not the devils, not the devil's children. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why Why is the lack of knowledge so destructive? Because those who lack knowledge think wrong. Uh-huh. That's good. So my people are destroyed by, their, yeah. by wrong thinking. Right. You have to gain knowledge to straighten out the thought life. Yes. Thank God his word yes. is his thoughts. Yes. That he didn't just say, guess what I'm thinking today. No, he made it known to us. So since he offers us his thoughts, notice he doesn't force his thoughts into you. You have to choose them. Mm -hmm. You have to cooperate with them, respond to them. Uh, But because he has offered us his thoughts, it would, (laughs) the great blessing is in taking what he offers. Amen. Amen. So the more we think like God, the more of his power will be manifested in our life. The more answers we're going to have, the more our health will reflect what belongs to us. The more our finances will reflect the prosperity that he's made ours. It goes back to the thinking because really what's what's it saying? The word as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's what his life is going to look like is the way he thinks. Our life doesn't look like what belongs to us. Our life looks like what we think. Because so much belongs to us that we've never even partaken of yet. And so uh, it's our thinking that either opens the door or closes the door Mm -hmm. to things that God has made ours showing up in our life. And so you say, well, Pastor Nancy, you've called your broadcast Jesus the Heater, but you're talking about the mind because what happens to your body is directed by your thought life. So we're dealing with the root of situations. We're not just going to address the symptoms because so much of the time people think that if I can just say more healing scriptures, well, thank God, yes. But sometimes something has to be adjusted in our thinking so that that power of those scriptures can flow unhindered. Amen. So I'm so glad that God talked to us first about in, 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 in these episodes in teaching, talk about the mind. Because, I mean, there's so much to say. It's, va- it's a vast subject. And uh, as I said, the way we think affects everything. 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 Um, you know why people didn't get saved earlier than they did? First, first of all, they might not have heard it uh-huh. before then. Right. But many of us heard it, mm-hmm. but didn't accept it. Yes, yeah. that's true. Some heard for years uh, uh, about Jesus being the Savior 
And due to their wrong thinking, they didn't accept it. So uh, thank God he offers us his thoughts in his word. And so we want to make sure that we bring every day, we're bringing our thought life, our our way of thinking into closer into how he thinks. Amen. Amen. That's called renewing the mind. Amen. And Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse two, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by how? By the renewing of the mind, by taking God's thoughts, taking God's words and making them yours. That's what the renewing of the mind is, that you start conducting your everyday life in line with his word, with his thoughts. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now we've been taking for our golden text in these, in these episodes, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So now we know we should not accept any thought that's in line with fear because yeah. God's not moving that way because that flow is not of him. And he doesn't use that flow to communicate to his children through. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us power, love, look at this, and a sound mind. So in Christ, part of our inheritance is a sound mind. It belongs to us. It said he's given us that. Now it's our privilege to learn to be skillful with how sound mind functions. That's right. How sound mind operates. What does a sound mind permit? What does a sound mind not permit? Amen. Amen. And thank God for the word that lets us know these things. Um, The Amplified Translation, describing this phrase, a sound mind, says this, it's a calm mind. Mm -hmm. It's a well-balanced mind. I mean, it's not in a ditch. It's not in the extremes. It's right down the middle. Uh, Then it's a mind that's disciplined. It's a mind that's self-controlled, meaning this, you got to pay attention to your thought life. What are you allowing yourself to think about? How many times have we all done this at different times? We've been worried for a week before we realized it. I mean, it just, just following just any old thought that came up and just turning that over. And you've got to learn to catch things. The earlier you catch them, the easier it is to disarm them. The longer they live with us, the more accustomed we become to that flow. And some people have become so accustomed to the flow of fear, the flow of doubt, the flow of worry that to them, they call it normal. But God calls it wrong. It's against the flow of the sound mind. Amen. Um, We've been going and looking at Philippians chapter four and verse 11, and I want to continue this direction today. Philippians chapter four, verse 11, and I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic translation. Paul is writing and he says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want. Look at this, for I have learned. I have learned. How did he learn? He became a student. Yeah. He became teachable. The more teachable you are, the more you'll learn. For I have learned how to be Content, Mm -hmm. And then the Amplified defines what is meant in this word content. Satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. 
how important that phrase is, whatever state I am, because he's in a very remarkable state when he writes this. He's in prison. Wow. <laughs> what a state to be in. <laughs> what a setting to be in. And he says, I have learned in this setting of prison where I don't want to be, where it's not easy on the mind or easy on the flesh. He's saying, I've learned how to be untroubled mm -hmm. right yes. in this place. Yes. I've learned how to be undisturbed and not disquieted right in this place. Yes. So now mm -hmm. we see from the word, whether or not we're troubled or not does not depend on our setting. That's right. Because if it depended on our setting, then Paul couldn't have said yes. this. Amen. It depends on how, what we think uh -huh. right. in that setting, yes. how we think yes. in that setting, yes. what we're going to allow ourselves to think on in that setting, what we're going to magnify in our thought life, what we're going to hold to in our thought life, what we're going to forbid in our thought life. Yes. And so I so value this verse and especially the way the Amplified states it because I'm satisfied to the point Satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed. I'm not disturbed. It's not about getting tests to leave you alone. It's about you learning to be undisturbed. That's good. I saw a, I saw a plaque years ago, and I so appreciated it because it shows this. He's, it, the plaque read this. It said, "Life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's learning to dance in the rain." That's good. <laughs> And we're not magnifying the rain, the, the rain of a storm, mm -hmm. right. but we're saying we control us yeah. in the storm. The storm doesn't control us. And you can't determine and you can't stop opposition from coming many times. You can't stop tests from coming just because you're on this in this location of the earth, but you can control every bit the effect that test has on you. That's right. And the sound mind is undisturbed. That's right. yes. The sound mind is untroubled. Yes. And uh, this, is a, this is something that I, I faced, and this is when God led me to this scripture years ago because um, I was troubled mm -hmm. by what a test I was going through. And God said, that's your fault. It's not the, it's not the fault of the test. Yeah. That's your fault. Yes. He said, you, you, don't, you haven't learned some things yet. You need to learn how to be untroubled. Yes. And then I found out how you learn to be untroubled by what you put your attention on. Yes. What you put your attention on. Amen. Great faith always has as a companion someone with a disciplined thought life. You can't have great faith in an undisciplined thought life. Can't do it. You cannot have great faith in an uncontrolled emotions. Can't do it. To have and to grow to the point of having a strong, robust, and great faith means you're going to have to pay attention to things that are connected to your faith. Because people think, well, if I can just hear more word, absolutely hear more word because faith comes by hearing the word, but we still have to pay attention to what we allow ourselves to think on in a test. Amen. The more you fill up with the word, the easier it is to recognize right thinking. Yes, that's true. Amen. 
because you learn to recognize this isn't in line with the word. That thought's not in line with the word. And sometimes we have taken on such a way of thinking that we think that our thoughts are right until the word shows up (laughs) and starts jerking our chain and start pulling out the slack, you know, amen. And so this is where I was missing it is I was waiting for this test to pass. If you're waiting for a test to pass, there are days of heaven on earth you're missing out on. Because you can have days of heaven on earth in the face of a test. Why? Because the greater one who is the source of heaven on earth did not leave you in the test. So a right thinking is about where is your attention? What are you focused on at that moment of being in circumstances that try to trouble you? Where's your focus? Where's your attention? No matter what you feel, your attention is still under your control. The devil cannot take your attention from you. You have to hand it to him. And we're learning to take back our attention from wrong words, threatening thoughts, amen, feelings that are against the word. Amen. We're learning to quit being led by what we feel. Learning to quit being led by the emotions. God gave you your emotions, but not to lead you. They are not a worthy leader. They're not equipped to lead. They're only equipped to color your life. That's it. Color your life, but not lead your life. That means we don't fall apart. Amen. We forbid it. I don't fall apart. Why? Because I know too much. I know too much. If I were to say this, if someone were to work a puzzle, you know, some people enjoy working puzzles. And if that puzzle got pushed off to the edge, a two or three year old might see it and think and see some pieces fall off and think the thing's broken forever. But to the one who knows where the pieces go, you don't care that it fell off. Just put it back. We don't care that circumstances show up. We know how to hold things in place. Why? Because of what we know. Amen. And we don't lay down what we know in the face of what we feel. And this is where many miss it. They, they lay down their peace. They lay down their joy. They lay down their victory because they're leaning to what they feel. Do not lay down what you know just because you're feeling something. Just because you're hearing something contrary. Amen. And uh, this is really where real victory is. When Paul is talking about, I learned how to be content. He's not content to be in that prison, but he's content while he's there. So this is real victory. It's not things being in place. It's you being in place. (laughs) Amen. And whether or not you're in place is under your control. It's not controlled by circumstances. It's not controlled by opposition. It's not controlled by troubling thoughts. You in place is totally within your control. And thank God for the word that shows us the place to hold ourselves. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Well, we know this because um, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, God spoke and he said, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. Put your attention on his words. God knows something else is after your attention. And what gets your attention wins. What gets your attention wins. So you, you stay in control. 
Amen. Amen. Renew your mind with the word. Take on God's way of thinking and demand that uh, no matter what shows up in the face of that, you will not leave what the word says. I'm not being swayed off of the word. Now, part of the help of that, feeding on the word, filling up with the word anchors you. Praying in the spirit strengthens your faith. Um, So we should feed on the word. We should pray in the spirit, but also we need to pay attention to our fellowship. Who we are fellowshipping with will have a role in playing where we put our attention. Because wrong fellowship can put your attention on the wrong, draw your attention to the wrong thing. Uh, when you're believing God for a miracle, you don't have room for anything else but what God says. And you cannot surround your life with people when you're believing for a miracle, with people who are drawing, uh, trying to draw your attention away from the miracle. Drawing your attention away from the Lord. This is why a local church is so important in the life of the believer because that's the place you're going to find your fellowship for miracles. You can't find fellowship. Somebody who can fellowship with you around the word, you can't find that everywhere. Amen. And when I'm talking about fellowship, I'm not just talking about being hospitable and courteous. I'm talking about who speaks into your life. Who you're listening to. uh, Who are you taking cues from, so to speak. And so in the local church, you're going to find a fellowship, someone that can speak into your life uh, with the flow of the word. When they're taught the word, when you're going to a, a, a church that teaches you the word, I tell you what, you're going to need the fellowship of that place, yes. primarily of your pastor, but also of the saints because they can encourage you. Yes. I mean, you walk in and, and, and you can try to, if I could say this, what you're facing may be trying to sit heavy on you. Uh-huh. And you can walk in and just the door greeter have faith in their voice and greet you. And I mean, something can be imparted of their faith into you that drives that and helps lift that. And so to help you in your time of testing and trials, keep yourself surrounded with right fellowship. And this is why the local church is so important. It is so important. Amen. And thank God for... for. Um, Episodes like this where I get to come and I get to teach you. But let me just tell you this. As much as I love teaching you, it can't take the place of the role of the the anointing of the pastor on your life. Turn with me if you would, uh, because I could stay on this for days and weeks and months and just a couple years while we're at it. (laughs) Why? Because I've, I've pastored for 25 years and I don't preach this to fill up a church. I preach this to rescue people's lives and to show them where many times the devil's gaining access because we're missing some things sometimes in the word that if we'll make some corrections, uh, things will fall into place in our life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And I'm going to read again out of the Amplified Classic Translation. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And uh, it reads, Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is, look at this, as is the habit of some people. But admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another. In what? Keep assembling. Keep coming together. Where is he talking about? He's not talking about assembling at the mall. He's talking about in the local church around the teaching of the word. And he says, but admonish, 
warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Ah, notice this. The time we live in calls for the role of the local church in our life in a particular way. Listen, the role of the local church was always necessary and not optional in the life of the believer. But notice his, this, all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Why? Because in the last days, there's going to come greater opposition. There's, I believe there's demons that are held in reserve for the last days. Why? To oppose those in the last days. Why? Trying to abort the great harvest. Uh Trying to abort the rising up of the church. But don't be concerned about that because I believe there's also angels held in reserve for the last days. And that's our day. Amen. But we have to cooperate with these divine beings, with these angels of heaven who are part of God's weaponry. But notice, we have to be found in the place where we're encouraged around the things of the word. We're fortified by one another that we are, if I could say this, feeding on faith together. Amen. Because when you need someone to agree with you in prayer, you need to know who's believing. (laughs) Don't just get someone you love to agree with you. (laughs) You understand that? Just because you love them doesn't mean they got faith for your miracle. Amen. I'm not diminishing people you love, but I'm saying when you need a miracle from God, it's about faith in what you believe in somebody who thinks like God. And so not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together. Forsaking means they've given it up completely. Some people just say, well, you know, Jesus is enough for me. He's all I need. Well, you're going to have to qualify that statement because that's a blanket statement you have to be careful with because you can't use that statement to dismiss yourself from doing the Word. That's right. The Word says to assemble together. Yes. So some people say Jesus is all I need, and I guarantee you Jesus is all you need for your redemption. Right. He paid the price for you to be redeemed. Yes. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. But once you're saved, you need somebody to teach you. Yes. You need someone to teach the Word to you. Why? So that you're not a self-taught risk. Yes. <laughs> Being, being self-taught is risky. I tell you, it's risky. And God did not leave uh, our spiritual development and growth to being self-taught. He gave us gifts. Jesus gave us gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? So that we don't fall under the risk of being self-taught because we need to be balanced. We need, the, we need what God puts in another man, what he anoints another man for our lives. Amen. And so don't forsake the assembling. That means some people have given it up completely. And then others, it says, or neglect it. That means they do it whenever it's convenient. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together. As believers, look at this next verse, as is the habit. And sometimes people haven't been taught these things. They don't know. And so thank God for the word that we learn because as we're in the local church, that's where we hear right thinking. That's the place that we had the opportunity to learn how to further renew our minds. Amen. Where the word is being taught and magnified. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad you've joined with us today and I want you to know we'll be back next time and we want you to join us again. So until then, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, 
visit DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. Nancy Dufresne teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt in this book about the peace of God. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.